Hello and welcome to this full moon meditation meeting. Today's full moon, as you may have already heard, culminates in a total lunar eclipse tomorrow morning at 2 past 11 GMT. Eclipses, both solar, solar and lunar, are regular occurrences within any calendar year. And we are fortunate enough to be holding today's meditation meeting deeply within the influence of a lunar one. In psychological astrology, as pioneered by Dane Radier, the moon is symbolic of the past with its habits and all matter of automatic processes not least of which the autonomic nervous system in humans and animals. The significance and the usefulness of the lunar function is undeniable because by regulating processes that have previously been consciously mastered, it frees up space for the conscious engagement with the developmental task at hand. Imagine how crazy our days would be if we had to actively keep the process of breathing or our heart going. Hence, the role of lunar energy is to act as a diligent guardian of all that is already familiar and adequately practiced. As with all energy, no distinction is made between what is kept up and running in the manner described. It makes no difference if the activity is no longer or has never been beneficial for the system or the organism. For in the solilunar pair, it is the sun that is associated with the present and with consciousness. Lunar eclipses mark temporal points when the solar objective is easier to grasp. As lunar influence temporarily lessens, it is easier to perceive and examine consciously how we conduct ourselves mentally, emotionally, and physically, not always a pleasant exercise. Lunar eclipses mark then periods of opportunity when a mass realization is possible. In terms of the evolution of consciousness, one can achieve within weeks what would otherwise be covered in months or years. The catch is that any such rapid progress principally concerns consciousness. The implication is that any potential may appear fulfilled or very near fulfillment for a while, but once solar influence returns to its regular, regular levels, which happens sooner rather than later, what is left behind is a noticeably greater divide between theory and practice, between realization and implementation. Still, this event leaves the field of discontent fertilized and successfully sown 
with the seed of desired future development. The aforementioned phase of implementation is closely linked to the energy of Scorpio. In evolutionary stages preceding that of Scorpio, consciousness remains more or less identified with the personality. Its attention is immersed in the pursuit of physical, emotional, or intellectual personality objectives. In Scorpio, the self-realization of consciousness is beginning to gain clarity, intensifying the conflict between the soul and its personality. On the one hand, there is a consciousness that has started advancing in self-awareness relatively recently. On the other hand, there is the confidence of a rather progressed, self-aware and self-serving personality. This stage provides then prime conditions for the decisive introduction of a greater synthesizing factor of the spirit. In Scorpio and Sagittarius, the spirit can facilitate the successful harmonization between consciousness and form, enabling the commencement of spirit and soul-infused form integration in Capricorn. Scorpio is cited as the zodiacal sign of humanity, but despite its fundamental role in shaping humankind, the quality and purpose of its influence often remain elusive. It is easier to put things in perspective when one remembers that the influence of any zodiac sign represents a very long journey with many intermediate stops within a massive web of relationships, which journey brings into contact very distant points in space and time. In the case of Scorpio and humanity, this journey commences in Sirius, a star in the constellation Canis Major, and terminates in the human etheric body. Sirius comes with some serious credentials, starting with the most obvious one, namely that it is the brightest star in Earth's night sky. It has been identified as a stellar system, a binary, although a third star has been hypothesized, in mid-19th century, relatively recently, given its prominence in almost all recorded ancient cultures. Both stars are rather mature by how we presently assess stellar evolution, and thus anticipated quite ahead of our own star, the Sun. In esoteric teachings, Sirius is portrayed as home to the hierarchy of beings who represent the evolutionary objective 
ahead of our own planet's spiritual hierarchy. The latter operates under the influence of Taurus, the zodiac sign identified as the polar opposite of Scorpio. The close link and the significance of Sirius in ancient cultures can be traced easily from the Sothic calendar of ancient Egypt and ancient Greek culture's reverence for the star as displayed in Socrates by the dog O in his public address before his execution, to the biblical verse querying whether the seeker can lose the cords of Orion the three stars in Orion's belt being an easy way to locate Sirius, two ancient Chaldeans calling Sirius the dog star that leads to numerous other cultures in whose lore Sirius appears inextricably and majestically woven. Similarly, similarly Sirius intermediary, Scorpio, also has a meaningful resume, although it is often rather one-sided or biased, emphasizing strongly the great personality trials that its energy facilitates, and not emphasizing enough, if at all, the spiritual triumph they make possible. This is the triumph of raising the personality to the heavens, a triumph facilitated by the qualities of endless compassion, unlimited sympathy and courage, and millennia-long and arduous effort. One story that comes to mind when considering this zodiac sign is the eighth labor of Hercules when he goes against the Hydra of Lerna. It serves to remember, though, that Hercules, the symbol of the disciple, is working overall under the influence of Scorpio. And in the wonderful myth of his 12 labors, another significant connection is discreetly presented, that between the signs of Gemini and Scorpio. In the labor associated with Gemini to gather the golden apples of Hesperides, Hercules has to wrestle, wrestle with another serpent, Andeus. When the hero defeats it, it reminds him that they will meet again in Scorpio. It so happens that in sidereal astrology, Sirius is currently said to be in Gemini, meaning that the star's location, as viewed from Earth, falls within the portion of the sky associated with this zodiac sign. The energy of both Gemini and Scorpio decisively ushers in actualized duality as an organ that, in a way, compels the emergence of a third synthetic factor. Even though the nature of the pair of opposites under question may differ, the manner of their synthesis in both cases, by means of the elevation of consciousness as high as necessary 
to see the opposing end simultaneously. One might even say high enough to see the serpent moving between them, connecting them, connecting them by being the means of their opposition. It's a very simple concept, but one that has eluded mankind for a while, but thankfully not our pioneers. Why then is distraction, including self-distraction, so readily associated with the energy of Scorpio? In relation to the evolution of humankind, Scorpio energy is related to this solar system by means of heavenly mediators expressing three different energies within. These bear the names harmony through idealism and devotion, harmony through conflict and willpower. The aspect most readily perceived is the one associated with the first, devotion and idealism. It signifies the way of light in the Scorpio processes, revelation of the elements in a person or a group's life which remain unconsolidated primarily due to the emotional or practical reasons embellished with emotion. The factor which makes the process possible is desire as it fuels the person or group's persistent and one-pointed pursuit of the object of desire, offering them the opportunity to venture beyond themselves and become acquainted with other forces in their inner or outer environment, counteracting or aligning with their endeavor. Thus emerges new understanding of the dynamics operating in a given framework and later an improved understanding of the discontinuities present within. In humanity's development, this stage's timing is now past, but whether humanity is past this stage remains to be decided. This introductory engagement with the energy of Scorpio and humanity's inherent connection with the energy of harmony through conflict, most frequently perceived through two major glamours it generates when working through humankind, war and the pursuit of comfort, constitute the main reason why Scorpio influence is interpreted and described largely as negative and as causing adversity in individual or group. It does often cause war obliterating comfort, at least for a time. It is not easy to come to terms with the fact that humanity remains to a large extent under the low octave of this zodiac sign's expression. But Scorpio is one of the two triple signs in the zodiac, the other one being Virgo, and it is of immense importance that this is remembered. In astrology, the concept, concept of triplicity 
as well as the definite orientation towards the spirit that Scorpio marks in the life of the disciple, is communicated by the glyph of the zodiac sign. Three touchdowns, two bouncing up to touch down again, the third pointing upwards to become the arrow in the glyph of Sagittarius. One for the physical body, two for emotion, three for the mind, the third reaching out to become intuition, a compass henceforth pointing to the true north of spiritual progress. This triplicity is also attested to the three symbols traditionally associated with Scorpion. The Scorpion, the Snake, and the Eagle. The period of the Scorpion, as very briefly presented here, is surely very familiar. When the contrast between what is material and what is emotionally preferable becomes pronounced enough, having wreaked adequate havoc within oneself or the environment, mediation and the resolution of conflict becomes itself the object of desire. Thus, the former conflict is resolved and the alignment of the physical body and of the emotional body with sensitivity as the dominant factor is a fact. This can be historically observed in the life of humanity as any person or population that emerges triumphant from the struggle for material survival quickly moves on to the struggle for emotional satisfaction. When that too is satisfied, a new antagonist appears on the stage and the story is repeated on a higher turn of the spiral. It ends again in peace, but this time with intellect as the dominant factor. As in conflict, as in Scorpio, conflict is meant to terminate in harmony. The unity that emerges every time becomes again a pole in another greater pair of opposites. With pairs of neutron stars and even black holes coalescing now observed, it becomes easier to imagine equivalent processes governing evolutionary careers from the tiny human atom to the immense galactic atom. The scales involved are so grand that they seem otherworldly, but the law of correspondences ever remains a valuable tool. One, that enables a, high, a richer understanding of our macrocosmic aspect, the spiritual aspect, and the comprehension of how the material universe operates through the examination of our microcosmic aspect, the form. Moving on to the second period of Scorpio, we come across the snake, a rather versatile symbol with associations ranging from the serpent of matter and the serpent of illusion to the serpent of wisdom and its iconographic connection with medicine and healers. An imaginary snake can be pictured in the energetic interaction between any two objects linked by desire, by, by any other emotion or by thought. The serpent stage of Scorpio is not a place of conflict, 
but rather a place of tension, a place of lasting mediation. The line between the opposites has been perceived and cannot be unseen. Nevertheless, that doesn't mean that opposites have ceased to exist. In the Scorpion period, conflict rages between elements of the lower self and the logical mind emerges as the final peacemaker, but the proceedings are clearly taking place within the domain of the personality. In the subsequent era, the personality is no longer a fragmented land, but decisively united under the iron hand of the intellect. From, from an emotional perspective, much is sacrificed, much frustration and loss are endured, but the sphere of influence of the individual or the group is significantly increased. Meanwhile, peace in the kingdom or inner peace, even if shaky and kept by force, permits consciousness a clearer gaze into the outer world, into the environment. This is by itself a great accomplishment, albeit the lesser one involved. The, coordina the coordination of the lower self by means of the intellect permits the appearance of universal conflict between the soul and the material aspect. It happens on the quality axis and no longer within the domain of personality, but rather within the domain of the spirit, encompassing both the soul and the personality. The judgment pending is whether the lower mind will guide the form it now directs towards the satisfaction of its intellectual, emotional, and material desires, or towards serving the purpose of consciousness. Although the choice sounds obvious, this is a time when an individual is knowledgeable, emotionally mature, intellectually capable of great concentra concentration, and effective and skillful in action. For these reasons, it is difficult for such a person to accept any truth that does not verify their own perception of the truth, no matter how lofty the latter. It's difficult for them to accept any method that goes beyond their skills, no matter how numerous these are. And it is even more difficult to accept any effort that does not further their objectives, no matter how noble. So, the great question remains whether the individual or group will decide to remain at the pinnacle of a triangle formed by their own materials, or whether they will select to sacrifice their dominion to become as a whole one point of a greater triangle consisting of a greater group or humanity at the one end, the self at the other end, the spirit on top and consciousness as the way between all points. Enter the serpent as a unifying force. Enter consciousness as the way between all points.
The tension resulting from such an endeavor is considerable, considerable for perception is still very much torn between two types of awareness. There is the objective awareness of the self as a finite and distinct entity, no matter how expansive, and of distinct others, even if they are as grand as humanity or the spirit. Then there is subjective awareness, whereby perception centers on flow, on processes, on the perpetual unfoldment of life, neither stopping nor limited ever to any point. When a person or a group works to understand this space between, they are starting to sense the influence of Scorpio energy by mediation of the principle of harmony through conflict with equal emphasis on the potential for harmony this time. It is the love stage in the Scorpio processes, since the focus is on the attractive current, the interaction that connects two different parts of a being. Prolonged contact between the two poles permits their final coordination so as to finally vibrate as an expanded, unified entity encompassing a greater part of being. The process is possible because despite difference, the current, the current of contact has been definitely perceived. Walking this stage is predominantly the work of a personality whose mind has been freed of its bias and its allegiances and has said its analytical comfort and agreed to embark on a great adventure to the unknown. It is also the work of a personality who has agreed to invest its skills and resources to whatever objective the spirit presented it with. This stage is sometimes referred to as the dual life of the disciple. On this note, let us take a moment to remind ourselves the affirmation of the disciple being certain that as part of humanity, the great disciple, we are no strangers to this path. I am a point of light within a greater light. I am a strand of loving energy within the stream of love divine. I am a point of sacrificial fire focused within the fiery will of God. And thus I stand. I am a way by which men may achieve. I am a source of strength enabling them to stand. I am a beam of light shining upon their way, and thus I stand. And standing thus, revolve and tread this way, the ways of men, and know the ways of God, and thus I stand.
to conclude, there remains the last symbol of the zodiac sign of Scorpio, the eagle, and such a wonderful symbol too. By means of the conflict introduced in Scorpio, the person becomes acquainted with all the many diverse dynamics, inner and surrounding, sometimes converging, sometimes diverging, other times in opposition. And through this exercise, we learn what it means to be whole and what it means to be in turmoil as a person and as part of a group. By means of the tension, creative or destructive, generated by our interactions with other people and with other groups, we learn what it takes to preserve and what it takes to sever connection and what it takes for a greater being to be born. We learn our nature as light, dual, a particle and a wave. And we learn the nature of the cross, both still and in motion. By means of the expansion of consciousness generated by this process, we become aware of the field wherein we exist and relate, and we find ourselves hovering within it, free to move in any direction or to stay still in serene triumph. For this reason, always keep your eye on the eagle, hold down fire. Do not look at the ground, be centered in divinity. Let us now take a moment of silence to prepare ourselves for the full moon meditation, letting in the light. Today, we will be working under the influence of this great zodiacal sign of humanity with the keynote, Warrior I Am, and from the battle, I emerged triumphant, remembering that a true warrior always keeps peace in their heart. Group fusion. We affirm the fact of group fusion and integration within the heart center of the new group of world servers mediating between hierarchy and humanity. I am one with my group brothers, and all that I have is theirs. May the love which is in my soul pour forth to them. May the strength which is in me lift and aid. May the thoughts which my soul creates reach and encourage them.
Alignment. We project a line of lighted energy towards the spiritual hierarchy of the planet, the planetary heart, the great ashram of Sanat Kumara, and towards the Christ at the heart of the hierarchy. Extend the line of light towards Shambhala, the center where the will of God is known. Higher interlude. Hold the contemplative mind open to the extraplanetary energies streaming into Shambhala and radiated through hierarchy. Using the creative imagination, endeavor to see the three planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy, and humanity gradually coming into alignment and interplay.
meditation. Reflect on the seed thought. Warrior I am, and from the battle, I emerge triumphant.
precipitation. Using the creative imagination, visualize the energies of light, love, and the will to good pouring throughout the planet and becoming anchored on Earth in prepared physical plane centers through which the plan can manifest. Use the sixfold progression of divine love as the sequence of energy precipitation. Shambhala, hierarchy, the Christ, the new group of world servers, men and women of goodwill everywhere in the world, physical centers of distribution. Lower interlude. Refocus the consciousness as a group within the periphery of the great ashram. Together, sound the affirmation. In the center, of all love I stand. From that center, I, the soul, will outward move. From that center, I, the one who serves, will work. May the love of the divine self be shed abroad in my heart, through my group, and throughout the world.
Visualize the downpouring spiritual inflow released from Shambhala through the hierarchy and streaming into humanity through the prepared channel. Consider how these inpouring energies are establishing the pathway of light for the coming world teacher, the Christ. Distribution. As the great invocation is sounded, visualize the outpouring of light and love and power from the spiritual hierarchy through the five planetary inlets, London, 
Darjeeling, New York, Geneva, and Tokyo, irradiating the consciousness of the whole human race. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into the minds of men. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into the hearts of men. May Christ return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide the little wills of men. The purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the race of men, let the plan of love and light work out and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Thank you all for joining us this evening for a group meditation on this total lunar eclipse. I hope you have a wonderful fortnight and we hope to see you again. Well, see you. I hope you join us for Sagittarius New Moon on the 24th of November. It is a strictly online broadcast and you can find the links on our website. Thank you. And again, have a nice evening.